Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. A lot of live streamers don't think about where their content is, where it's been, it's sort of here today, gone tomorrow. But in fact, the content is often similar in value long term as a podcast is or as a YouTube video is. But live streamers often don't think in those terms. Well, hello, Ian Anster Gray here for episode 176 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. In today's episode, we're talking about how you can build your legacy as a live streamer. I've got an amazing guest today, Ross Brand. Let's get on with it right now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Episode 176 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. It is a very warm day here, just south of Manchester in the UK, but I'm just about coping without the fan. We don't have any air conditioning or anything like that in the UK. We don't do that kind of thing because well, we don't get very hot days very often. But I'm excited because today we're talking about the future, your legacy as a live streamer, which we tend to think about the now, don't we? We think, think about the live part of live streaming, but what happens after you press the end broadcast button? We're also going to talk about monetizing as well. Uh, has live streaming changed? Is it dead? That's what we're going to be talking about today. If you are watching live, welcome. If you are listening to the podcast, welcome. If you're watching the replay, welcome. This becomes a podcast every single Friday. This comes out as an episode. So you can find out more at iag.me forward slash podcast. That's iag.me forward slash podcast. I'd love it if you could follow that, subscribe to it in your favorite player. We're going to talk a little bit about podcasting today as well. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. It's time to bring in my special guest for today, who is the amazing Ross Brand. Ross helps creators and entrepreneurs monetize their talent and expertise. He's served as an on-air personality for industry brands such as StreamYard, BeLive, and LiveU, and a brand ambassador for Wirecast. Switcher Studio selected Ross as one of five live video experts to follow, and I can definitely agree with them. He is the man to follow ross welcome to the show wow <laughs> that's some studio audience you have there well you know we we like to roll the red carpet out for our guests on this show uh, but, okay, oh, it's you exciting down, you know it's on. exciting when you have not only a live chat and then people on multiple platforms but when you have that live audience there in the studio that's uh 
urging you to do go on do better it's uh, it's a lot of fun well seriously thank you for having me i'm, I'm so excited to be here and to, to be on the show with you Oh, well, thanks, Ross. As I, I was saying before we started recording for the podcast, I've been meaning to have you on the show for ages. I can't believe we've got to episode 176 before getting you on. But, you know, apologies, uh, but you're here now, which is great. No apology and, needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, so it's great to have you. And we, so we're going to, we, we talked, it was interesting you talking about, you know, the all the, the live parts of it, the advantages to the live part of live video. So we've got the comments, uh, we've got, well, you know, live studio audience, whatever, but you know, we've got, we've got all those bits, but we're going to talk about the legacy part of it. What happens after you press that end broadcast button, which is going to be great. Keep the comments coming guys. I can see, uh, we've got awesome people there, but, um, yeah, we, we met each other maybe a few months ago in person. We've, we've known each other online in the, on the online world for quite a few years, but we actually mm. finally got to meet in person in Orlando, Florida at VidFest. How did you get on at uh, VidFest? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been going to VidFest, I guess 2019 was the first year and then uh, 2020, right before the pandemic. And then they had a few of their online events that I went to and uh, but I had a great time. It was great meeting you in in person, having a chance to uh, chat, spend some time uh, there. And there were so many great presentations and great networking. It really felt like we had the whole band back together again after uh, being away for so long. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that time away because that's depressing, but it's so good yeah. to, to meet in person again. And there is something, I've always felt this. I mean, I, I would describe myself as an introvert. I do like to, I like to work on my own or in small groups, mm -hmm. but there's there's sometimes there's so, too much of a good thing. We need to actually get out there and meet people in real life. And there's something about that, I don't know, physical meeting up, that connection that, that really... I don't know. It just uh, increases that connection. And, and so we, we've known each other for ages, but actually meeting in person was amazing. I loved your presentation. You did a talk on, there was a couple of days or two or three days for VidFest and you, I think, spoke on the first day and your presentation was all about monetizing uh, live video. And I loved, I loved your honesty as well, because uh, you were saying live video is not, at the moment, the, the, the number of people watching you has really gone down. The reach has gone down. And I thought, yeah, not that many people are actually saying that and admitting that. But you had a positive message that, you know, we there are things that we can do. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit, a little bit about that. But how did you get into live streaming, Ross? Because you've been doing this for a good few years, haven't you? Yeah. So I, I worked in radio for 12 years and then I went and I did some other things and I came across a platform called Blab, didn't really know what it was, but went in to check it out. And I just fell in love with broadcasting again and started hosting shows and uh, promoting what other people were doing. And that's really how I got into live streaming. I had no real experience with video cameras or webcams being on camera, uh, but I kind of took what I, I knew from radio, the love of doing a show, the love of having conversations, being live, interviewing people. And that's kind of what got me rolling onto it. And uh, I've been fairly active ever since. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. I mean, your website is livestreamuniverse, isn't it, dot com. Um, so it is. It's, and you've written uh, 
books on on the subject, which is awesome. Uh, I'm just looking at the comments here. So we've got, unfortunately, because of Facebook, you know, we love love Facebook. We've got an unknown user. So unfortunately, we can't see who you are. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, I'm wondering whether that's Jeff. Jeff C. That sounds like a Jeff C thing, but I, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. And uh, it also says two of my favorite live streamers. Uh, and Tim Sorn is here too. Uh, so great to see you. Uh, uh, yeah, taking a break today, Prime Days took it out of me. So it's somebody who's probably an Amazon Live person. <laughs> it is me. Yeah, it sounds like, I don't know why it's saying unknown user, but anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk. So oh, uh, before we get on with the, the main subject, let's let's get the gear out of the way because uh, Tim is saying, <laughs> uh, Ross, I'm curious, what do you use for lighting? Tell us a bit, a bit about lighting. Sure. So I have two uh, Viltrox LED light panels. Not sure what the exact number name uh, beyond them are, but I, they're in the sort of forty to fifty dollar range uh, each. And I use the a the AC adapter with them because I don't want to worry about charging the battery. But I have two of those. I could probably add some more lighting, maybe a little backlight and other things. Uh, but you can control the temperature. You can control uh, the intensity of the light. And uh, they're doing a pretty good job. And, and then actually, uh, full disclosure, I'm using Ecamm's virtual cam as guest. And so I'm also, uh, for the first time, I actually did a little bit of uh, digital enhancement so i i added a little bit of light within ecam which you can do uh so i'll count that as a light source too i guess yeah it was looking looking great so if you're listening to the podcast unfortunately you can't see ross in all his glory but you can go back uh, if you go to iag.me forward slash what will it be uh 176 that'll be that'll be it iag.me forward slash 176 and you can see the video uh but so lighting video is obviously really important but you're, in a, you're like an old radio guy. Audio is obviously really important. You've got your headphones there. You've got a, a really nice microphone there. I assume you would say that it's it's audio for audio comes before video. Tell us a little bit of your thoughts on on audio and, and maybe share uh, what audio gear you've got that you're using today. Sure. So um, I, I like to say that the value in most live streams, not all. You know, somebody can be giving you a, a live stream of the scenery of the city, taking you on a tour of an area. You can do a live stream without any audio. But for what we're doing, talking head, video podcast, um, any type of instruction, the audio is where value is. It's where the conversation is. It's where um, it's, it's sort of the element that you must have. And on top of that, audio gear is is more affordable. If you want to get pro gear, pro video gear is extremely expensive. Pro audio gear is is not inexpensive, but it's more within reach to get audio gear that can really make a difference in, in the quality. Um, I use an SM7B from Shure is my microphone. I have it plugged into a uh, mix pre three audio interface recorder mixer from sound devices. Uh, and then that runs into my, my Mac M one mini, and then I'm bringing it into the show through 
a virtual mic in Ecamm so that it's synced up with my virtual cam video. Awesome. Well, the, the audio is great uh, and that's a great microphone. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And I totally agree that audio, pro audio is a lot cheaper. I mean, I'm wanting to get another camera and I'm probably looking about $800 for that. Whereas this microphone I'm using here is about three three $350. And this is a really nice right. microphone, you know, like yours. So like you don't have to, that's a lot of money to spend for a microphone, but that isn't you would struggle to get a really, really nice mirrorless camera for for that amount of money. So, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you can get you can get microphones like the the Samson Q2U, mm. uh, which is a great you know USB XLR mic for uh, you know very affordable, uh, under a hundred dollars, maybe even under seventy five dollars, and you can get mics like a, an SM58 from Shure or. Uh, um, Sennheiser uh, E835 are both handheld mics. If you have, uh, you know, an XLR cable and uh, some type of interface or mixer, uh, you can get those probably under a hundred dollars, and and they're also excellent mics. So you don't have to go to the bigger broadcast mic like Ian and I are using if that's not not in your budget or you're not ready to make that commitment right away. There's a lot of options out there that'll certainly enhance your audio over using the built-in mic in your webcam or in your, your computer or just using uh, earbuds. Definitely couldn't, couldn't agree more. Just don't worry about spending a huge amount of money first bootstrap your live video studio over time. Uh, so Absolutely. Jeff is is saying, I'm on your professional page. Uh, how do I give access for you to see my name? If you go to confident.live forward slash show my name, that's confident.live forward slash show my name. However, I'm confused because I always thought the, the unknown user thing was only if you posted to a group or a profile. So who knows what's happening? Maybe Facebook hmm. has changed something. I don't know, but try that, Jeff. See if that works. Before we get on to uh, the 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 whole the main topic of today, which is legacy, I, Lenny uh, Besterman is asking uh, some thoughts thoughts about TikTok. Are you guys on that platform? So, Ross, tell me, are you on TikTok? What are your thoughts? Um, barely. <laughs> I, I, I'm on it, uh, but I'm not very active. I will occasionally post on it. I mean, occasionally, occasionally. I got on it just to learn what it was about and to get a little experience. If I'm going to do that type of video, because Instagram is one of my main social networks, I will more likely do it on or for Instagram Reels and then perhaps if i remember i might put it on tiktok but i'm i'm really not very active on tiktok yeah and same here i mean i tried to like it i tried to use it i did uh i think i posted about like 30 reels of me singing ridiculous songs uh for my episodes <laughs> and it was a lot of work and i i actually didn't find that it was I don't know. I just didn't really get that much return from it. I don't particularly enjoy it, the platform, which I know is, I'm probably showing my age here because, but I, I, I've thought about this recently that it's best to focus on the, focus on the, the, the places, the destinations where you actually enjoy and you get those returns from, make an investment in those. And then over time, uh, maybe as you grow your, if you grow your team, uh, you can then start to focus on other, other places. And I think that's probably, 
I, I was trying to be everywhere and I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm not really enjoying TikTok. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the places I really do enjoy. Um, so that, that's why they do. They do have live streaming they on, do. on TikTok. And I don't know if that's available to everybody or you have to apply or you need to meet a certain criteria. Uh, but if there is the ability to multi-stream the TikTok as a destination, either using, uh, you know, desktop software or uh, even maybe streaming from your phone while you're doing the rest of your live stream, you know, from your, from your studio. I don't know. Maybe that's worth trying. Uh, but I, I also think you have to figure out what's really the value of a view on, on platforms like TikTok. I know there's people saying you make a ton of money on there and, you know, you, you just get views like nowhere else, but um, what, what exactly is the value of a two second, three second, whatever it is view on, on TikTok? Is it really driving business for you? Is it really growing your audience for the content you care about? If yes, you know, keep, keep trying, keep digging deeper. But if you feel like it's not, maybe it's, it's not necessarily the right platform for you. I agree. Yeah. It's, I think so many of us are kind of, looking for those d that dopamine hit of the, the <laughs> engagement numbers and forgetting actually, is that going to pay the bills? You know? So I think, I think you're, you're so right there. Carlos is saying, uh, just confident.live forward slash share my name. That is absolutely the uh, link. And unfortunately, Jeff, it is not working. <laughs> you're still an unknown <laughs> user. So like, obviously Ross, uh, so obviously uh, Facebook hates you, Jeff. Um, uh, I think, I believe with TikTok, I mean, I'm not, no expert on this but i've been told that you need to have a, a i think a thousand followers to get okay. live um, and i believe you can rtmp so it's a bit technical but you can rtmp into it so that means you can technically use a desktop tool for tiktok but it's not something i've i've looked into um now our, our friend mm. lenny who who had that comment does wonderful drone videos so i bet there's some fun things he could do with behind yeah. the scenes or you know a quick shot of you know quick beautiful shot with the right kind of music or mm. whatever he might find that you know I, I don't find that talking head videos necessarily make for the the easiest tiktoks if you're trying you're right. to do things that fit with the culture yeah i mean people are doing advice videos and stuff but um i I tend to do my short form videos with a lot of repurposing and I don't know how well a, a podcast necessarily. I, I don't want to say either way. I mean, I, it, it does work for some people. I see it working for others. It, it doesn't. Um, it, it's really something you just have to kind of trial and error and see if it happens for you. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And Lenny says you need a, you need a thousand followers. Uh, okay. Jeff is saying I would use TikTok if I could use StreamYard to stream the stream there. Um, I think that's Jeff. Anyway, I, I always get there's too many. No, that's somebody else on Facebook. <laughs> I don't. Oh, you see, this is this is interesting. We've got Facebook user, and Jeff is special. He is an unknown user. Oh. Interesting. Well, there we go. That's interesting because everybody knows Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's being ironic, isn't it? So yes. like um, what has changed recently? Uh, and this is one of the things you talked about in your presentation, that the numbers are not what they used to be. You know, is live streaming dead? I mean, I assume the answer is no, but like, just give us your thoughts on, on that because there's I, I've spoken to a lot of people and I'm, I'm not, I'm talking about, 
you know, professional live streamers here who are getting far fewer numbers than they were, say, two, three years ago. So what what's happening? Yeah, so it seems like platforms like Facebook uh, just are not giving us much organic reach. It's very limited organic reach on pages. It's limited on on our personal profiles. And what I found surprising is, and I've noticed this, you know, looking at a lot of different groups over the years, including some very big groups, it's actually often very limited within groups as well. And uh, you know, while it may not be to the same extent on other platforms, it it seems to be something that's consistent across most of the major social networks. So my message at at Podfest was, you need to get off of social. Um, we've come to believe that social is the destination for live streaming. We do a live stream and we share it to one or more social platforms, and that's where. The magic happens. That's where your audience grows. That's where you monetize. And when I say get off of social, I don't mean don't live stream to social or don't post on social. But since you don't have the ability to grow a really big audience that you can monetize on those platforms, you're better off moving a smaller audience to another platform and then perhaps providing something extra that you can charge for, whether that's courses or memberships or uh, special events or, uh, you know, bonus episodes, uh, you know, or doing selling on platforms like Amazon Live where there isn't a huge number of creators competing right now. You have to look at those platforms. I don't know TikTok well enough to say, is that a – a great alternative or not a great alternative for people who are traditionally live streaming on the major social networks. But I believe you have to take a look at those, those other platforms and those other ways to go live and to monetize. So why do you still embrace live video then? You know, you're talking about social. So how would you do this? And this is kind of moving into the main topic of today, which is which is why is legacy important? So, but before we get onto that, like, what, why do you why do you still embrace live streaming um, if if it's much more difficult these days? Because we're still having conversations with people and building relationships. It may not be the volume of people uh, during the live stream, but the second thing is the skill set can can again be taken it can be taken to amazon live eventually there'll be more live shopping options from from many different uh retailers and there may be opportunities to earn bigger commissions and do other things uh but also delivering live showing up live on video whether it's on social media or it's on uh gated platforms, whether it's with a course, a membership, a special event, all those things are still extremely valuable. And then there is the idea that this type of content, talk show, podcasting content, it's a it's a quick time to market, to create it when you're live. And it's also, um, there's an energy to it and an and authenticity to it that even for people watching on a replay or listening uh, on a podcast, there's just a certain energy to it. A lot of times that 
uh, an edited video or a piece together podcast might not have. So true, so true. And of course, like we've also got the replay audience. We've we've also got like the the lurkers there who. Uh, I mean, LinkedIn, for example, does not give us the information on how many people are watching live. And I know we have a few people watching LinkedIn live at the moment. I know people who will watch LinkedIn live and then don't tell me until like a two months right. later that, oh, Ian, I love your show. So I'm thinking, well, why haven't you commented? Like, tell me, you know, it's right. just. Absolutely. Absolutely. They they know everything that I've been doing with live streaming and, and I had no idea they were watching until I met them in person and they started telling me about my shows and, and, and different things. Um, the other thing is don't confuse social media metrics with business metrics. And so you can have a live stream that has only a few viewers, but you're providing answers to questions that a potential customer or a potential client would have. And that person becomes a customer or a client that can have a, a significant impact on your business that month or that quarter. And that doesn't require, you know, you can have 10,000 people watching who are watching passively, and then you could have 10 people watching and two, you know, you, you help them solve a problem and they go, wow, imagine if I worked with this person, how much more I could accomplish in, in my business and my goals. So true. So true. So it's like, don't trust the metrics and the metrics, the social media metrics. This is what Ross has just said, which is, it sounds so obvious, but it's so true. And we need to be reminded of this. That it doesn't necessarily equate to the business metrics. So what are your business metrics? I can see we've got uh, Andrew uh, Kavanagh is here. So you are a, a Facebook user, but at least you told us who you are uh, and <laughs> saying Facebook is so frustrating. And Jeff is saying Facebook is dead to me, I guess. <laughs> Katie, Katie from Ecamm is here. Great to see you, Katie. Hi, Ross. Hi, and Ian. And uh, Katie is saying, I am watching on LinkedIn. I'm here. Yes, we know. So That's thank great. you, Katie. <laughs> Appreciate that. So why is, well, maybe because when, when you, um, when we were talking on Facebook Messenger, we were talking about you coming on the show and thinking about topics we could talk about. You mentioned this legacy thing, and I didn't really, to be honest, Ross, I didn't really at first understand what you were talking about. And then you explained it to me, and it made perfect sense. But when you talk about the legacy as a live streamer, can you maybe explain that to people watching and listening so that we, we understand what you're talking about here? Sure. So the way that podcasting, and to a lesser extent, YouTube creators are able to organize, categorize, catalog, uh, keep track of, uh, have their material available for people to find. There's a system there um, that's very easy to understand and follow. Um, and so if you want to know what somebody's done in their podcast, you're on episode, I believe it's 176. I can go to Podchaser. I can go to any of the podcasting apps and I can find all 176 episodes and, you know, decide which ones I want to listen to or just have an idea of what you've done. Or if you stop doing the podcast at some point, you still have that body of work. Maybe you'll repurpose it. Maybe you'll re-air it in another form or it just is there for you uh, as an example of the type of content that you've created and that you're capable of creating. If you're a YouTuber, you have your YouTube channel. And if you're creating 
and uploading produced videos, you can you can go to somebody's channel and you see what they've done, their output. You can see the different types of videos, what their work is like. Um, and you can see from when they got on YouTube, you know, you can click to order the, the videos by date and you can see uh, chronologically uh, their work, how's it progressed, what they've done. Um, it's there to always be found in search. YouTube's very search friendly. But what about live streaming? We go live. First, I started going live on Blab. Then I started going live on FireTalk. Then I started going live to Facebook Live. Then I started going live to multiple Facebook destinations. Sometimes I'll jump on my phone and go live on Instagram. Other times I'll do a show that I think is better for YouTube. Sometimes I'll multi-stream. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll go on Amazon Live. Amazon only keeps the videos for a certain amount of time. Sometimes I'll go live on LinkedIn. Good luck finding past videos on LinkedIn. There's no tab, right? And so our, our work is spread out. Sometimes I'll make a podcast episode from, from a live stream. Sometimes I won't. So my thought was to do actually a podcast because podcast probably has the best system for owning and categorizing and cataloging your material, I, I decided to do a podcast called Recordings and take every live stream that I either have a recording of or can download the recording of or I can find somewhere, right, in my computer, in, in, in online, whatever, and make a podcast episode out of it. And, and eventually I'll have all of my my work in one feed. So if somebody wants to go, hey, I heard you had an interview with Jeff C. when you were doing Best to Be Live or whatever. Uh, yep, you can go to 2018, the summer, and you can find that episode when I had Jeff on and he was talking about visual marketing. Um, so what, you know, both for all the people that I've had on the show, for people who are interested in learning about the different shows, it's all in one place now. And, and it's there for me. If I need to get a clip, I know where to look, where, how it's organized. Yes, you could do that all with spreadsheets, but this is just a, a great way. And I think a lot of live streamers don't think about, um, where their content is, where it's been, it's sort of here today, gone tomorrow. But in fact, the content is often similar in value long term as a podcast is or as a YouTube video is. Uh, but live streamers often don't think in those terms. I, I love this so much, Ross, because so many live streamers, and I think I was like this bef before as well, you know, many years ago, they just think of the live element. You know, you go live and then that's it. You know, you, you go and get on to the next job that you're doing. And that is, that's kind of very easy to do because live streaming, once you've sorted out the tech, once you get confident, it is a relatively, well, I, I, st I, I think it is a relatively easy medium to produce content on because it's done. It's then done. Whereas with blog posts and and maybe even podcasts, there's a lot more that goes into it, I think. But why not turn your podcast, sorry, turn your live shows into all this other kind of content? And I've talked about, about that a lot on the show. What I haven't talked about is what you're talking about, which is going back, looking at your back catalogue of live shows and doing something about those. 
So you've, I mean, I don't know how many live shows you've done. I, is it hundreds, thousands? I mean, I don't know. And a lot. You, a lot. <laughs> so like, this is a huge opportunity for you then to repurpose that into a podcast episode. So before I ask you, Ross, about how you're doing that, because I'm really interested in this. I just want to see the comments. Uh, Martin Buckland is saying, live streaming is for long-term learning. I have people who call me three to six months after one of my live streams. Yeah, I've had that too, Martin. I mean, it, but it shows you the power of, of that. And Martin, are those people, have they kind of like commented before on your lives or they just popped out of the blue? Anna Gill is in the house watching on LinkedIn. Great to see you, Anna. <laughs> Hello, Ian and Ross. Oh, a massive fan of you and Fulgen's show. And uh, Anna is saying, I know, I hope LinkedIn adds a way to categorize a catalog our live streams. That would be good. And Andrew is saying, I get most views on my lives after they, they are posted. I can't read today, Ross. Uh, after they are recordings posted on my YouTube. So interesting andrew what do you do do you do you go live to youtube or do you repurpose it into youtube later because the the lazy maybe the, this is the lazy way this is what i do as i multi-stream to facebook linkedin and youtube um but i have been thinking about maybe not doing that to youtube but uh, editing it making it into smaller chunks and then posting onto youtube uh just yeah let, let me know what you think so Ross, what is it that you're doing? So you're going through your back catalogue. Tell us about the process because you've got a huge number of shows. Are you being a picky? Are you going through all of them? Uh, and what's your process for turning that into uh, the podcast? Yeah, so I'm not being picky at all um, unless the only thing I'm doing is if it's something that just doesn't translate to audio only, then I'll, I'll leave that out. Uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, trying to evaluate, is this worthy? No, I'm not doing that. Anything, anything and everything, warts and all go is, is going in. Uh, I may clip out something if uh, it just isn't relevant at all. Like if I did a, you know, sort of a pre-show where I just was making small talk before uh, I actually started the show and it might be better if I just started at the beginning. But if, if, that isn't just wasted time or just a music bed, you know, that, that makes sense to cut out, but it's actually, even if it's fun talk or whatever, I might leave it in if I think it's, but overall the, the bulk of the content, it's all being uh, just, just being transferred to audio. I mean, I'm, I'm just taking the video, putting it into uh, an editor and, and ripping the, the audio. And again, Sometimes with our videos, we start with a music bed, we end and we, the live doesn't really end the second you stop talking. So I may just trim that the, the front and back like that. Now, that's cool. So so you're you're keeping the process really simple, which sounds great, because if you've got a huge number, you're not going to want to like really go in and edit things to death and put a beginning and an end and, and little bits in the middle. That's going to take a long time. Which, what uh, kind of editor do you use for for this? So I've been using ScreenFlow. Um, mm. I just drop it in ScreenFlow separate, you know, and then render it as, if I do any any type of, no, really, I don't do any, I, I mean, it's, it's really just like, where does the, the show really start? Where does it really end uh, versus, you know, 
in in and out music beds with graphics or something that mean nothing to a podcast audience um and and then it's just exporting as uh, as an audio file and then uploading it to a podcast host now because i've had many different shows with many different names i really had no idea of where all you know what all my content is and where all it was yes i've saved a lot of it on hard drives and and, and that kind of thing but try kind of mentally visually kind of trying to organize all that right not not very not very easy um and and so i had several different of my live shows had podcasts in which the intention was to take each interview each segment each show and make a podcast episode out of it and sometimes i did and sometimes i didn't but it ended up with so many different places where people would have to subscribe to so many different feeds to have to keep going uh, or remember, or, okay, I didn't get to do these three episodes, but this is a great episode. So I better, better make this. Um, so it turned out, I, I didn't have any idea, you know, I had 40 episodes here, 10 episodes there, you know, as far as audio already. So, um, the podcast actually launched with, um, oh, now I can't remember the number. It was, it was like 275 or something <laughs> episodes, I think. Something in the 200s I launched with. Of course, most of them were old and then there's new. So what I did was I went to um, the, the host, podcast hosting service, um, Captivate, which lets you backdate. So that way, anything new I do will be at the top. So if you want to subscribe to it, it's a living, breathing podcast with new material always at the front of the uh, the feed. But I was able to backdate. So if I find an episode from 2016 and I publish it, it doesn't go to the top of the feed. I can actually publish it as the day and time that the show occurred. And so that way, if you're interested in the past material, you can you can go look for that. But if you really want to just what would Ross have to say about the latest with LinkedIn Live or something, you just go to the feed like you would for any other podcast. That's, that's amazing. Like 270. That is like, how long did that take you to, to, to create well, all of A lot of those were actually already made into podcasts. Um, but they were spread out into all different feeds and different places. Um, and, and so now I'm up to, I think, 715, I believe. Uh, so I, I work quick with that kind of thing. <laughs> it takes a while. I took some weekends and nights and, and you know, just went one after the next after the next. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. So is this, is, this, is this called Ross Brand Recordings? I've got this right. It's, it's called Recordings. The cover yeah. says Ross Brand Recordings, and it, so it's I exactly is what it, it is. It's, it's a recordings. Uh, it's a recording of uh, any of the live streams, uh, any uploaded video that I did that kind of fits that uh, that style. Or in on occasion, I have done an audio only podcast that would be included in 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 there as well. And and going forward, I'm doing more audio only or audio with 
you know, maybe video that I'm using for some repurposing, but overall it's more audio focused. So it, it also gets me into that dimension as, as well. But it's it's all about the way that it's categorized and the fact that I own the audio. E- even though the audio is up on a host, that's my media host. I'm not hosting that audio on YouTube. I'm not hosting it on Facebook or LinkedIn or uh, another another platform that could or could not decide it's not going to keep your old stuff. It might go out of business. It might decide to ban you because somebody with the same name said something that was controversial. You know, uh, it, it just is, it gives you real ownership over your content. Oh, that's so true. So true. And I, I'm a massive fan of Captivate FM. We've, we've talked about that a lot on the show. We've had Mark Asquith on the show. He's a great guy. Uh, so finding a podcast host that you trust, but even still, as you say, Ross, like it's not like the social networks where you never know what's going to happen. You know, you, th- this is kind of a lot more, a lot more safe. I love, I love this uh, on on here. We've got on. So this is at RossBrandRecordings.com if you want to find out more about mm-hmm. this. And you can f- follow is the word now. It's not subscribe. You don't f- uh, subscribe to a podcast anymore, apparently. So they tell me it's now follow. At least not, on a- at least not on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I know, I know. It just I, I still, I'm old school. I like to subscribe. But I, li- yeah. I like these titles here. You've got creators need to take breaks. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm taking a nice break this summer. Uh, and is LinkedIn Live working for you? So some those are some... Uh, really interesting and what's up with LinkedIn live that's an interesting title so I think I'm going to be listening to some of these uh very soon because they they just pique my interest looking at the comments uh so I'd, sorry sorry for you watching live I've been very rude Curtis uh, Brooks is watching on LinkedIn hey Ross great to see hey, Curtis. Curtis uh and Andrew is saying I get most of my views no I've already read that one sorry I'm going mad uh, uh, that this is the one I meant to do from Andrew. I use StreamYard to multi-stream to Facebook groups and to Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So you do multi-streaming, and we've got another Facebook user. Sorry, we can't see who you are, but saying good morning, Ian and Ross. Hope you're doing well. Whoever you are, let us know who you are. So that is that is your legacy project, and are you happy with the results so far? I mean, this is a, a relatively new. Um, a relatively new project for you, Ross. What were you wanting to achieve from this? You've talked about legacy and, and bringing all of the, I suppose, all of these um, vi- videos and, and all the things you've created, I suppose, into one place, somewhere that you own. Yeah, I mean, it's, that? I mean, it's, tell it's us a bit accessible. More. It's mm. accessible now. Um, I, you know, I one thing that made this project easier was I typically did do a blog post. Sometimes I did it the day that I went live. Sometimes I did it a year and a half later. But I typically had a blog post for just about every show that I had done that I could do that for, right? And so I embedded the LinkedIn live video, let's say, for some of my shows. Others I embedded into the blog post, the Facebook. But those rules change, the technology you're using changes, the platform, you know, the theme for WordPress, if you're using WordPress changes. And and I was finding a lot of that content isn't there anymore. Like you go to click on it and it goes, oh, this video is not available or this platform's rules don't allow uh, embedding of this type of video or 
you need permission from this or what like it, it, it's it's not a long-term solution and of course the platforms like blab that no longer are all those embed embeds are gone too so doing a whole new website with the podcast again now it's not just there's a place to go to if I wanted to see what happened in that show or find a clip and then it's not there and then I go look for the recording somewhere deep down in you know, a, a, an external hard drive. Now it's like, okay, if I want to get a clip of an interview to use on another show, I, I just can go search recordings podcast, download the MP3 and cut the audio and I have it. Yeah, that that is so cool. Now, on, on <clears throat> excuse me, um, Arnaldo is asking Ross, do you use in particular any app or tool to manage the production of your podcast? Now, I know you mentioned ScreenFlow. You've used Captivate FM. I, I'll just mention what I use, and then <clears throat> I'll, then we can talk about what you use because sure. it depends on. It really depends on your on your system. Really, I, I think I love the idea of having every one of your videos in one place. Now, because I used Ecamm Live, I have my Ecamm Live folder uh, for all my recordings. I That is on Dropbox. So everything gets uploaded onto Dropbox. It means my assistant can access all my recordings. So I love the fact that you can have all the recordings in one place. Because if you use other tools, and I have used other tools, I've used Wirecast and StreamYard, I have to remember to then download those and put them in the, that same folder. I use, um, so I, I quite like uh, ScreenFlow as well as what Ross. Uh, I've also used Descript or Descript, however you pronounce that, Captivate FM. There's a, so there's a number of different tools that I use in, in my system and you have to work out what's best for you. So for, for you, Ross, as well as using ScreenFlow and Captivate FM, are there any other apps or tools that you use to manage this, the, the production of your podcast? So when I go live, um, whatever platform I'm using, uh, frequently it's been StreamYard. Now I'm also using uh, Ecamm uh, a lot, and I'm, I'm using some of the other browser-based platforms as well. You get a recording, whether it's something that you download from the cloud with StreamYard, for example, or it's something with Ecamm that records right on, on your computer. That's the first thing I do is I either download that recording or I uh, grab the recording that's that's appears on my computer and I put that in a file and name the show. And then I duplicate that and it's off the duplicate that I'll do editing and everything. But again, with the recordings podcast now, I can just search by name or by guest or whatever. And in fact, that 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 website that I'm using from PodPage, which is a service uh, that lets you quickly build a website from an RSS feed, has a guest feature. So I'm tagging all the guests with a guest bio. So if I uh, five years from now want to look back on all the times that Ian came on my shows, I just click his name in, in the guest page and I'll see every show that that he was on but to figure out how, I mean, to, to find all that stuff and quickly listen in, in a computer or hard drive is difficult. But nonetheless, this project wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't saved most of the recordings. Those I didn't save, I then, you know, downloaded the audio or video from YouTube or uh, wherever I had, I, ha I had streamed to. But I, I would say um, 
you know, I've used Wirecast as well to record stuff. I've used it uh, to live stream. Um, I think uh, that's really the key stage is to work with a tool that you can either record into or that provides you with some way to record. And if not, download it from the platform that you stream to. But get a hold of that recording right away and then have a system for for storing it and duplicating it. Yeah, so important. And I think if, if the tool enables you to save a recording to your computer, the quality is usually going to be a lot better than downloading it from, particularly from Facebook, which the quality is really bad. So what was that um, app that you used or service to, for creating websites from an RSS feed? Was it PodPage or something? Yeah, it's called PodPage. Right. Um, check check that out. I mean, it's really, really good. Um, and, and so rather than fix all the all the places on my website where uh, I would have needed to put a new player in because I now have a new host or I would have needed to uh, delete the embed of the video or whatever in, in a couple of seconds, I've got a whole new website and then, you know, I can go on, you can, the pro plan has, has full, full features um, that you can, you can build out. Um, if anybody wants to learn more or wants, you know, I, I can just DM me and I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, I believe I, I, I can get you a, like an extended trial with a link I have. I don't, I don't want to do that online, but we can just send me a DM and, and I'll do that for anybody. Oh, you, you heard this first on, on the show. So, like, well, I will be asking Ross how you can connect with him at the end of the show, which is we, we are nearly there. We are, uh, we're almost out of time, but uh, so that is, that is great. Podpage.com. And you can DM Ross to ask more about that. Now there's also, there's another app. I think you might've mentioned this uh, called Podchaser. Have you used Podchaser before? Yeah. So Podchaser is a website. Think of it like the IMDB of podcasting. In fact, actually you can, you can use IMDB to list your podcasts or your live video shows, uh, on if you'd like to, but Podchaser uh, really categorizes catalogs, all your podcasts. And it, it's sort of a combination of, think of it like a combination of IMDB and LinkedIn. It's, it's basically like a part social network and part, uh, industry database for, for podcasting, mm, it's cool. I I I've listed our listed the podcast on there. I have to say I don't spend much time on there, but it's it's just a good reminder. Podchaser is, is really cool. Love that. Well, just in our final few minutes, we had we did talk a little bit about monetization before, but for people, because I do get this question a lot, like how what what is what are maybe kind of some two or three practical ways that we can, once we've done all of this repurposing and, and building our, our legacy, what are some kind of things that we could be focusing on to to make money from, from live streaming? I know you mentioned some before, but maybe some practical tips for us. So live selling, learn the skill set. If you're an Amazon associate, apply for the Amazon Influencer Program. If you're not an associate, become an associate which is their joining their affiliate program and then apply for the Amazon influencer program, which lets you set up a storefront and go live and then work on that skill set. You may end up being one of the people who does well and earns, you know, a lot of money in commissions, but either way, 
uh, learning that skill set, getting used to going live, selling on live video, talking about products, talking about brands, really gets you ready for what I think is the next the next phase of live streaming. And that's there's going to be opportunity to go live, build audiences and make money on a variety of different shopping platforms. So that that would be number one. Number two, right now, the the outlook on the virtual events industry isn't necessarily great, uh, but I don't think that that is the long term. I think people rushed to do virtual events during the pandemic. They weren't always, uh, you know, it was a first try for a lot of brands. I think that virtual events have the potential to come back and be stronger and better and more interesting and really be able to build an audience there. Uh, and there's so many different ways to monetize within a virtual event. So think about rather than maybe a live stream on Facebook, what if I put together a virtual event and set it up on a virtual event platform, sold tickets, even if the tickets are free, you still, it's the idea changing the mindset from I'm watching someone's live stream to I'm going to their event. Um, and then there's different ways to monetize within that. So I, I would say don't sleep on virtual events, even though right now there's some fatigue with them. And frankly, a lot of them weren't that great in their first go round. But like anything else, we learn, we get better. Uh, I think you're going to see better virtual events coming back, whether it's in the next six months or the next couple of years. That's a, a future opportunity for monetizing. And then the, the third thing would be any of the different areas where you can monetize your knowledge and expertise. Uh, that's courses, it's memberships, it's masterminds. Um, uh, it could be setting up a, a, a pay-per-view channel where you providing knowledge. It could be uh, Q&As and providing access. Uh, I think that's the other area is really monetizing your your knowledge and expertise and, and also providing people access to you so that they can get additional attention and help with whatever it is that they're trying to learn or accomplish. That's awesome. Really great tips there. Thank you, Ross. And if you want to know a little bit more about Amazon Live, I did actually, that's the, that's Ross's website. But if you go to iag.me forward slash 131, we had Chris Giles on the show and uh, he talked about Amazon Live and how to apply, which is something that I'm really excited about. Uh, but so much, so much to think about. Uh, Lenny says, good show, guys. Thank you, Lenny, for that. We've got a, a quick question. Lenny. Yeah, great. Thank you, Lenny. Just a quick question from uh, Rose. So I uh, miss, uh, didn't see this one. Do you save all your recordings as YouTube videos? So are you, as well as the, say, uh, keeping it as a podcast, are you re-uploading <laughs> to YouTube? That's a great question. Um, when I first started out, I had no idea of YouTube being the sort of living, breathing search engine. So I just took whatever the video that I did was and put it up on YouTube and, you know, maybe named it episode one or you know, <laughs> the name, my name and the guest's name or something. Um, and so now I'm not so much using YouTube as an archive. I'm putting it up there in different forms. So I may take 
a three-minute clip or a 10-minute clip that answers a specific question or addresses an issue, or if I'm demonstrating how to do something in a live stream, I may take that portion, or if somewhere along the live stream there's three and a half minutes that's essentially reviewing a product uh, because the host asked me about it or I asked the host, the guest about it, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm not just really taking things and throwing them up on YouTube as, I, I mean, I think, you know, you could look at it as a good, good place for, you know, additional storage to make sure you don't lose a video. So you can upload a video as a back, you know, and have a backup on YouTube and listed as either unlisted or as private. So, uh, but in terms of what I put on my YouTube channel, I, I now think about it as what would people want to see? What, what, you know, what, what would the audience want? So, um, for the most part, I don't sense that long form, replays are where it's at for YouTube, but you never know. I mean, some, sometimes, uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I, I tend to focus on short content or live shows that were done specifically to be streamed to YouTube. Yeah. And same here, but it's, as you said, you never know. Always good to test things change. Rosa saying great ideas for monetizing. Thanks. Uh, and yeah, yeah thank you so thank you so much, Ross. While we are out of time, how can people find out more about you? We've obviously got uh, your website, livestreamuniverse.com. Uh, Let me just get that up on the screen. Um, and I, you, you've already said you're you're on the, you're an avid TikTok user. I'm only joking, but you're you're, you're <laughs> yeah. on all the you're you're Follow on all me the on socials. TikTok, please, <laughs> no, yeah. no. Well, how can um, people find Twitter, out about you? Mm. Twitter is at the letter I. Ross Brand, so at the letter I and then Ross Brand. Uh, and so DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. If we're connected on Facebook, just send me a message on my personal profile. And, of course, uh, you can check out the website, as Ian mentioned, livestreamuniverse.com. And the podcast is at rossbrandrecordings.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ross, for coming on the show. It's been awesome sharing all your expertise. Uh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, let's let's not wait another five or seven <laughs> no, years. Let's. let's. I, I, I want to have you on a show, have you on uh, one of my panel shows as well, and yeah. uh, look forward to collaborating uh, in the near future. Definitely. We'll definitely do that. Well, thank you, Ross. Thank you so much for watching, for listening, for plugging us into your ears. Really appreciate that. Uh, I will be here next week. We've got a couple of live shows next week. The podcast continues every single Friday. Don't miss out on that. That's iag.me forward slash podcast. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits to the power of live video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. toodaloo.